Welcome to the Purple Fish Podcast. This is Mark Wilson. And today, I just want to remind you that people are not projects. And evangelism is not a project. When you think of it in terms of a project, that's when the pressure comes on, uh, the performance pressure. I've got to do evangelism. Uh, uh, Becky Pippert uh, said that Christians and non-Christians have this in common, that they're both uptight about evangelism. <laughs> and uh, the, the reason for that is because both of them uh, end up seeing it as a project. And, and a part of this is because when we are converted to Christ, we come to know him. We are taught, even at a very early age, that people need to know Jesus, and this is true. And so, therefore, we need to go out and we need to evangelize people, and that puts this pressure on us to convert people. But we can't convert anybody. It's not up to us to convert people. Uh, it's up to us to be witnesses of the truth. And the way we carry the truth is through grace and love. Uh, the Bible speaks so much about grace and truth and, and love. Like Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love. And it says that uh, Jesus came in John chapter 1.14. It says he came and he was full of grace and truth. And in 2 John, this little letter of 2 John, the, the elder uh, writes, John writes um, to the chosen lady and her children, this would be like a church and, and the people that have come to Christ, it says, who I love in the truth. I love you in the truth. And, and this is the idea that you just take truth and you take love and you blend these things together and grace leads the way in our relationships. And if we love people deeply, they're not going to be our projects. They're going to be our, our treasures. We're going to treasure them. Um, we see this in Luke chapter 18 and 19. In Luke chapter 18, we find a guy, uh, a beggar, who's he's blind and he's outside of Jericho and Jesus is passing by and he shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And they, they try to shut him up. The welcoming committee, they're embarrassed because this blind, smelly beggar is there. And here comes this important rabbi, Jesus, into town. And, and they tell him to be quiet. But Jesus stops. And he says, what, what do you need? What do you need? And he just says, I just want to see. And Jesus says, receive your sight. And, and then, then he's healed. And then, then Jesus goes inside the city. And there's another guy that wants to see the little guy, the wee little man, Zacchaeus, the vertically challenged tax collector. And he climbs up the sycamore tree to see Jesus. So just like, just like the guy outside the city, the blind beggar who wanted to see, here's Zacchaeus, who's the rich tax collector, and he wants to see too. And he's despised and he's rejected uh, from the opposite side of things as the, the, uh, the blind beggar. But 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 Jesus stops and he and he sees Zacchaeus and he calls him down and brings him to his house. And when I think about both the blind beggar and Zacchaeus, their lives were very, very different from each other. They had different values, different perspectives, probably different political affiliations, different uh, contexts, different perspectives on the world. But they both needed to see. They needed to see the truth. 
And in order for them to see, they had to first be seen. Jesus saw them. That was their deepest need. They thought their deepest need was to see, but really it was to be seen. Jesus stopped and he saw the the blind beggar. He saw him. When other people saw a bother, when they saw a project, when they saw a nuisance, they saw this guy who's just a leech on society. That's what they saw. But Jesus saw him as a treasure. He saw him as a son a broken person who needed healing in his life. And and Zacchaeus needed to be seen. He thought he was climbing the sycamore tree to see, but really it was to be seen. Others saw him as uh, a a swindler, uh, uh, as someone who took advantage of people, a manipulator, a tax collector, despised making money off of the backs of others. But what he needed was to be seen. And Jesus saw him for who he really is. It wasn't the stuff that he did and the way that he lived his life at that particular moment. He looked through all of that exterior stuff to the heart and he was seen. And then Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus's house. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. So in order to see people need to be seen. And the only way we can see them is if we take off our preconception scales from our eyes with the glasses that we we happen to view people with, and we're going to judge them and condemn them. No, we need to take that off. And we just need to love them well, love them and speak the truth whenever the Holy Spirit nudges our hearts. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Lost people are not lost causes. They're lost treasures. They're lost treasures. And so when you think about a lost treasure, what do you do with a lost treasure? You go out hunting, right? You go searching for that lost treasure. See, if if somebody's a lost cause, we'll just write them off. But if they're a lost treasure... We will seek them out. Now, it takes a while. And usually there's not an instant response like we see here in Luke chapter 18 and 19. Usually there's more of a journey. Now, sometimes there's an instant response, just like the shepherds who are in the field and then the angels come and then immediately they say glory to God in the highest and they run and they find baby Jesus. But most people are more like the wise men who see a star from afar and they start this long journey and they go through the valley and the mountaintops through the heat and the, the, the toil of the day, and they get their feet muddy and dirty, and eventually they get there, they get there. But see, both of them, the shepherds and the wise men, they made their way to baby Jesus. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or maybe both will. So if people are on the journey, our job is just to plant seeds along the way, inspiration seeds, seeds of grace, seeds of truth, and then let them sprout. Uh, Let them sprout. Our job isn't to make them sprout. And our job is not to convict people. The Holy Spirit convicts people. We do not. Our job is to love them 
in the truth. It takes, it takes a process. There's a missionary named James Engel who created a scale of conversion, basically saying like somebody might be like a minus 10 and then eventually they're like a minus five. And, and after a while they can become a minus one and then they're converted to Christ. And then they, then they start on the plus side of the scale. And that's very helpful to remember that people are on a journey and your interaction with them is going to move them up or down, down the scale um, depending on what happens in their interaction with you. The question is, is, is this interaction that you have with somebody, it, does it make it easier for them to believe in Jesus? Does it make it easier for them to embrace the grace and the truth of Christ just because they encountered you as his representative? There are a lot of Christians that chase people farther away just in some of the insensitive things that they do and they say. It used to be that uh, they would say that it takes 7.6 spiritual conversations for a person to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before they cross that line of faith. Um, these days, I've I've heard uh, it takes even longer than that, more like 12, a dozen or more conversations before somebody would, would actually embrace Christ as their Savior. So the, the, the question is, how can we go about this? And, I, and my thought, it would be that our job is just to nudge them along to the next level. You don't know where they are on this scale. And if somebody seems hostile to, to the Christian faith, you just love them, love grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth, um, and, and, and lead with grace. Just be as graceful as you can in the conversation, that your conversation is full of grace and seasoned with, with salt. And so then they, 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 instead of a minus 10, they might be like a minus nine or a minus eight as a result of that. And that's a successful encounter. So your job is not to go out and convert people. It's to spread the seeds of grace and truth. And if you just go about that, um, it's helpful to remember that our job is not to be the judge. Um, that God is the judge. And our job is not to condemn people. I mean, the Bible says the devil's the one that does that. That's his job in the courthouse. He's the condemner. Um, so, so our job is not to do that. Our job, the only role we have in the courthouse is just to be a witness. In the court of life, we are to be a witness. How has God brought his grace and his truth into our lives? And then how can we just live that out authentically with grace and truth and then they see that as we plant those little seeds, and it makes them hungry for more. I, I hope this is helpful for you uh, as you think about your relationships with people who seem to be far from Christ. They may not be as far as you think.